Creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer Cahill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. Hello, friends, and thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Regarding Consciousness. It is my privilege and honor to get to travel the world and meet with interesting, brilliant thought leaders around the world from every age and every farthest reach that you can imagine. And actually, today's thought leader and brilliant young entrepreneur that we're speaking with today is Marianne Sanders. I'm going to go ahead and share with you a little bit about Marianne and who she is in the world. And I just had the privilege of getting to meet her in person last week. As chief media maven at Brutal Nacho, Marianne directs a skilled team in producing immersive viewer experiences. They are also a passionate student at the Davis Catalyst Center, pursuing a degree in video production and audio production, and is expected to graduate in May 2025, where they've trained extensively under industry experts. Motivated by innovation and challenges, they bring fresh ideas and unparalleled skills to aspects of their work. Thank you so much, Marianne, for being here with us. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, what a pleasure. So it's funny, of course, we met via your mom, who's a dear friend and who I love, who we've actually had your mom, Amanda, on the show before. And I was really inspired by your spirit when we met. And I thought, you know what? For this show, I'd love to have some of the voices of the future. I was so inspired by your creativity and everything that you've already accomplished in your life. I think it was either you or your mom was sharing, you've already built one company, right? Yeah, Bruno Nacho is a company I've built from the ground up. It started April of this year, 23, and it started as at the time I wanted to be a software engineer and I was trying to design and build my own software product at the time as a mix of school and personal project. And my dad invited some of his startup friends. They work on a business together. He brought the VP of marketing and the CEO over. I just got offhandedly mentioned that I did video production at my, at my school here because we are one of the best video production, video slash audio production schools. I know we're the best in the state. I actually have the award somewhere behind me <laughs> and we're probably some of the best in the country. And I was just offhandedly mentioned, I do that sort of stuff. And the VP of marketing is like, we need a person like that. And it just turned into this whole thing of, I'm not just going to do it under myself. That's it's great being independent contractor and all, but it's a lot, lot cooler to have your own business. And I, after a little bit of uh, experience, I got a couple more clients. I formed an LLC in a. Not my home state, unfortunately, because I am still 17 and cannot own a business yet. So yeah, I had to get around that because young entrepreneurs, not a thing in Utah. Yeah. And yeah. And it was really impressive because even at the school where we are like best or we're top 1% of one of the best education counties in Utah, still no one has truly started their own business out of the school, I think. A couple months after me, my friend in the business class actually started his own policy as well, but I was the first to do it. I, and I've also been helping make changes around here because these teachers, even though they do have industry experience, like 
different actually hearing from one of their students who has gone out, gotten clients and come back. Yeah. I admire your entrepreneur savvy for being 17 years old. That's pretty incredible. Were you always entrepreneurial, even from when you were young? I'd say so. Yeah. With the whole software products thing, I wanted to build it. I wanted to build into my own company. I wanted to build them into my own company. And at, before I started doing all this media production, I was like, this is going to be my first business. And then that kind of got put on hold because I started getting more and more clients and making more and more connections and more and more money doing Bruno Nacho than my other product. And I was just like, I'm going to put that to the side since it's halfway through development. This is actually gaining traction and I haven't grown even more now that I've put a lot more of my time into Bruno Nacho. I think it's incredible that some of us just have this entrepreneurial spirit in us. What do you think consciously has contributed? We were joking before we went on. Your mom, of course, and her business partner, Amy, who are dear friends of mine, have their own company called Authentic CEO. And so was it something that was just innate for you since you were younger that you knew you had this entrepreneurial spirit and that you just were curious about how could you utilize your consciousness and your creativity to create something? I think it's always been in me, like as far back as I can remember, but before Authentic CEO, Amanda and my father, Scott, they both formed Stone Cobra, Mm. which at the time was a huge software development company. Growing up around that, seeing what mom and dad built instead of just working for someone else. Yes. You, you are someone's contractor, but it's different when you have your own office and have your own team. And it just seemed like this is what I want to do. I don't really want to go work for someone else necessarily. I want to start my own thing. I think that's just always been in me long before Authentic CEO, because I just grew up around that. Yeah, I think it's beautiful that whether or not sometimes we have it modeled for us. Like in my case, my parents thought I was off my rocker when I left my six-year job to open my first company when I was in my 20s. And they're like, what are you doing leaving a job? So it's great sometimes to have that spirit and that support, that emotional support of, hey, at any age, you could be 10 years old. I remember I was 10 years old and opened my first babysitting company where I was basically recruiting other babysitters in the neighborhood and then sending them out to people who needed babysitting. And I just think it's fun that we get to, no matter what age we are, whether we're 10 years old, 17, 27, or 47, that we have this capacity to really listen to that deeper calling. There was once a quote that I remember I used to share from, I think it was, Howard Thurman, and the quote went something like this. Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go and do that. Because what this world needs is people who have come alive. And the moment that we walked into the airport where your mom and was picking me up and you were actually heading off on a flight, I just felt this very strong joie de vivre that you had, Marianne. And I admired that you were authentically owning who you are. You have this amazing bright pink hair. I didn't know whose hair I liked better, your mom's or your hair. I was like, oh my God, it's amazing. And your mom was sharing, she's, yes, this is Marianne, trans, 17 years old and runs her own company. I was like, wow, I want to be you when I grow up. So what has that journey been like? Stepping into your authentic power, you're an entrepreneur, 
You're also embracing the, your own sexuality and your own self-expression. How has that journey been for you at 17 years old? It has been, there was definitely a point or there was definitely like a tipping point because before I moved out to here to Utah, I moved out here July of 2021. So in the midst of the pandemic, prior to that, I lived in California and I've lived in California all my life or born there. And, and I think I was nine and then we moved to the suburbs from the foothills. So I had to be closer to friends. I got to start doing activities like basketball. It, something always fell off. I like, I, I definitely enjoyed basketball. I enjoyed hanging out with my friends, but something, I don't know. It just, it's that feeling you can't quite comprehend why you're feeling it, but you feel something needs to change. And I was very fortunate. I started feeling that around the time everyone in our family felt like something needed to change because at that time, dad just woke up one night. I think me and him or someone and say he just woke up one night in I can't remember when he said, we need to get out of here. I was like, what do you mean? So we just need to move somewhere else. Just not here. I cannot explain why. And it was at that same time when I was like, I can't explain why, but I don't feel like myself. And the memories are a little bit fuzzy on how I came self exploration, but I will say there was tipping point when mom and dad had gone a couple hours away for a dinner with a friend or something. And Walmart is, or was walking distance from our house. So just walked down. I was getting some snacks and stuff and some other stuff on our grocery list at the time to you. Why? And I don't remember what compelled me to grab it because it wasn't like at the time I was questioning whether or not I was a woman. It was just questioning everything. So I bought some heat or bought some female clothes, whatever was on the discount, discount bin. That was my size. Went home and I just had this, I couldn't tell you how I got to there. Couldn't tell you what really drove me there. It was just these unexplainable feelings, which I later learned from mom or mom. It's not necessarily an unexplainable feeling. It's more of this pulling force from the universe to show you where you're meant to go. Mm. And you got to really tune in to fully understand it. And at the time I was not fully tuned into it, but I will say to, or at least nowadays, I am a lot more tuned into what this, I wouldn't say actually pulling force wouldn't be a word I would use. I would say more of a guide. You can choose to stay where you are or choose to listen and figure out where to go. So do you identify, you said you didn't grow up feeling like you might be a woman. Do you identify more as a woman now or do you still identify as male? Like how does that show up for you and your authentic expression of self? I feel like I identify as female, although I still a non-traditional female. It's <laughs> hard to, it's hard to explain. I still love working on cars. I still love playing video games. Sweats and t-shirts are my go-to. It's just different. It, it feels still to this day. It is very hard to explain the comfort I feel wearing something like I am right now or, yeah. or even just being called Marianne. Yeah. And it's wonderful. This ability to self-express. I remember Many years ago, I had a friend named Rachel, and Rachel was the first person I ever encountered. It was in my 20s who had was trans, and she grew up as the lead football player, like the quarterback who married the prom queen and had two daughters. And she shared with me, I remember exactly where we were, the restaurant where she shared with me the story of 
realizing that there was this part of her, much like you, Marianne, where she just felt like there was this expressive side of her. She loved wearing female clothes. She loved identifying as a woman. And yet it broke her wife at the time's heart and her daughter's hearts when she went through this transformation. And I really acknowledge, I can't imagine how it must have been for you to be at the age. How old were you when you went through this transformation? Was it in the last few years or? 14 or 15, yeah, last yeah, last couple of years. It was a couple of months before we moved out here. So I'd say coming up in three years now. Were you afraid at all of rejection as adults? Many of us, whether we're 17 years old or 70 years old, we always have this desire of belonging. Did, were you afraid of being rejected by your peers or did you just feel like it was the authentic, truest expression of your soul and you didn't care what people think? I'm going to go with option C on that one. Okay. Uh, it was, <laughs> I knew we were, I knew we were moving out. I'd get a fresh start because I didn't know anyone where we were moving because we do have relatives in Utah, but I think the closest one's an hour away. So it, I knew I was getting a totally fresh start. I know at the time it was, I was just so busy with helping move and still going to basketball practice and at the time doing school, I was just suck it up, deal with it later. We're leaving, just say our goodbyes. So it wasn't that I was necessarily scared of rejection. It was just, I knew it was going to take time for people to adjust. They wouldn't have time to adjust while I was still here. So I just chose the option of, of just ignoring it until I had a chance to deal with it later. Cause even personally, I was just super busy. It was very long days getting the house packed up, moving stuff and doing school and doing basketball all at the same time. And so what advice would you give to any young people or any age people that are out there that might be struggling with their identity and their version of who they are and what that means to them in the world, whether it's they, them, she, her, he, him, everybody at some point or another probably goes through their own struggles of self-identifying. Is there any advice that you would offer to anybody maybe going through the same inquiry or process? Yeah, I would say don't do what I did. Don't just ignore it for a while. Really either try to explore it or work with someone you trust to understand yourself. Because I will say after, or not necessarily after we moved in, but after we moved out of the old house, I got us, or working through myself was very interesting because there was a ginormous series of events that happened between moving out of my old house into my new house, working with it through some of my best friends and mom as well helped a lot because going into the next school year, I totally felt confident, totally felt like myself. Cause at that time I'd been doing online schooling for a couple of years because I just couldn't stand being in person and it built me back up to the confidence going in person before I realized I wasn't hating in person because I didn't have confidence in myself. I just don't like in person because I can't sit down at a desk for six hours. Focusing on just one subject at a time. It was not me. Completely unrelated reason for not <laughs> going to in-person school. But it felt nice just to be my, be myself. And I was very fortunate at the timing of a fresh start. That's amazing. And did you find that your new friends were receptive and open and supportive of you in this new area where you moved? Very much. I was very shocked, especially knowing that we were moving to Utah of all places. <laughs> True story. You, would, <laughs> you wouldn't expect it. They were actually really accepting. And my, my or dad 
believes it's like a mi- or it's a mix of people actually being accepting and the whole there's a belief here that's shared by not just the dominant religious group but seemingly everyone that you got to be nice polite no matter in public and then you take your complaints home i didn't feel like it was that it definitely didn't feel like we do live in a more populated area and we are pretty close to one of the pride centers of utah kids especially in my generation don't or don't see it as a it is very hard i guess different thing it's not necessarily looked down at or bad at all by anyone i've ever met it's just different equals i don't really want to talk about or learn about that and that's just human nature and under i've understood it but or at least the people i talk to are a lot better than you would think so another piece of advice whenever you do move somewhere else don't set your don't set your expectations just based on what everyone else says because everyone else says utah is a horrible place to be if you're a member of the pride community i say that's just wrong because i've been to so many places for work and everyone is just super nice and accepting i have started to learn just by feeling whether or not people are genuine or not because i will i got this explained to me when i was a little older but i used to feel like you look genuine you seem genuine but something feels off about you i was eventually later told i can tune into people and tell whether or not they're genuine and read a room through that and it's very faint for me but if you have very strong opinions i can feel your opinion a little bit i can't I think that's amazing. It's such a gift to be able to have that and to be able to own your self-expression. And that's really what I'm getting from you, Marianne, is that the courage it takes to be yourself in any place, let alone going to a new school, a new state. I really admire you and your generation for how much more open and receptive people are to all the different ways that we can show up, whether it's pride, whether it's just our different beliefs. I think that your generation is really inspiring and in some ways compelling us all to be more authentic and take greater social responsibility for our opinions to your point i think before if you had an opinion and you shared it that this was good or this was bad i think that people just let it be what it was what i love about the upcoming generations yourself included marianne is this this choice to inquire to get curious to challenge the norm and the status quo and to inspire all of us to be more ourselves. So if there are these limiting beliefs or opinions, then it becomes, okay, do I have the courage to challenge that? Do I have the courage to still stand in my authentic self without the fear of being judged or being rejected and own my power is what I would say. Does that make sense? I would agree. I'm not sure I have much more to say. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I think I remember about 10 years ago, I was studying, I began studying Kabbalah, as your mom knows, and Amy, I love, and many of you listening know, I love studying Kabbalah, among many other things. And for the first time in my life, Marianne, it made sense when I started learning about the idea of past lives, and that many of us, and this is something they actually teach in Kabbalah, and a lot of people in the LGBTQ community really appreciate it, because it's not that I'm male, you're female, I'm this, you're that. It's that many of us, if you believe in reincarnation, we've been boys, we've been girls, we've been this, we've been that, we've been brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers. And I just thought that was such an interesting perspective that 
you know, in some of us, we might be born in a boy or in a girl's body, and yet we might resonate more with being a man than a woman or a woman than a man or they or them. And I just thought that was such a eye-opening experience for me as I began to learn about it. Have you ever studied any of that around reincarnation or how that might tie in for you or anybody? I haven't really studied that, but I will say from experience, anything I've ever, I would say anything I've ever encountered, almost impossible to sort into just a set number of categories. Let's even ignore the gender for a bit. Music. You can't break a song to say it's rock. There are hard rock, alt rock, pop rock, and then even in those subdivisions, it's it can slide between them in the same song. Like there is nothing I have truly found that you can say there are seven categories and that is it. There are there may be seven I distinct categories, but you can slide in between every everything. So how I see it is that you can't really you can't really say there are males, there are females, that is it. It's such a valuable point that we are not one thing or another. I remember I was out to dinner with a friend of mine, Steve, that one time a few years ago, and he said, Jen, I used to be so focused on labeling things, labeling somebody's birthday, labeling what somebody did for a living. And yet with every label we put on something, whether it's male or female or American or European or whatever it is, by the nature of our labeling the thing, we're also limiting it, where to your point, there are there's this beautiful spectrum of all the different ways that something could show up that you couldn't even encapsulate in a billion different labels or things you might call something. So thank you. That's a gorgeous point, and I'm so glad you brought it up. Yeah, funny thing you bring up, like labeling something European. It's really funny because in, especially in today's world, I can... Right now, go drive down to the Salt Lake Airport, buy a ticket to, let's say, Portugal. And I can go fly to Portugal and really want to, and since my business is run totally online, I can just move in there now and just adopt the cultures myself. And I could do all of that. And at what point do I start, stop becoming an American? Because having this one label of who you are in a certain category, putting one label on any specific category, especially in my mind, doesn't make sense because I can be an American that moved to Portugal and by living somewhere, you adopt the culture and the energy of a place. Even just being there for a day, you can adopt, especially the energy. It just doesn't make sense to call me either an American or if I've lived there long enough or adopt the culture enough or Portuguese, because it implies that I'm either one thing or another. When in reality, I just melt all this stuff together. Like even right now, I very much enjoy Japanese and Mexican food. And I live in Utah, which you know has some great Mexican food from living in California, got my love for Japanese food, but it doesn't make me necessarily that it is just a blend of sure. I've lived in America all my life. But saying American has this connotation, positive or negative, something, and then you learn things about me that don't necessarily align up, line up with American, and it starts to not make sense. And it only really makes sense when you understand that everything just ebbs and flows with each other. There is no... Beautiful. Yeah, I think to your point, it's that we try to put things in a box to better understand it, and yet it's by 
allowing our perspective to be unlimited rather than limited by the confines of how we define a thing or person, that we really begin to expand our consciousness to take it back to the what we originally began speaking about, which is consciousness. So Marianne, it's been such a pleasure to have you here with us today. If people want to connect with you further, if they want to learn more about Brutal Nacho, where do they go? So you can always connect with me on LinkedIn. I am Marianne Sanders on LinkedIn. Feel free to go to my website, BrutalNacho.com or email me, Marianne at BrutalNacho.com. Feel free to reach out to me any which way. I mostly do media production, but I also love to get creative. If you've got a crazy project idea, come bring it to me. I want to figure out how to do it. Well, thank you so much, Marianne. I'm so grateful that your mom connected us. And thank you for being so open and authentic. Speaking of being authentic, I think it's important that we all find our voice, no matter what that voice is, that we let go of the filters that we see ourselves in the world through and that we allow the unadulterated version of our highest and best self of our soul to come through, no matter what shape, what color, how that looks in the world. I think the most beautiful message about this is just own who you are as a human being and allow your natural radiance and brilliance, whatever that may look like, to shine through just as Marianne did today. So thank you for being here with us. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness with Jennifer K. Hill. We would love it if you would take a moment and write a review for us or rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming events with some of the amazing guests we've had on the show, like Deepak Chopra and other world thought leaders, feel free to join my email list at metabizics, M-E-T-A-B-I-Z-I-C-S, Dot com. Again, that's metabizics.com. And you can go ahead and join our email list there. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you join us next week.